Blog Talk Radio. with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike we're getting a little bit of an early start. It's an early night uh, here on Thursday at, uh, in Cleveland anyway. How about you? You know it was funny Mike uh, for some reason today I get out of the racetrack at right around five o'clock a little bit before like you usually do and I was worried because we were originally going to set the show for 6:45. blog talk radio wants a good even time so we had to move it up 6 30 at the last minute and uh, of course I'm a little paranoid because of the traffic is usually not very good on the way home and for some reason today there was hardly anybody on the road between 5 and 5 30 traffic was beautiful I got home in like a record time half hour it usually takes me around 45 to 50 minutes on a day like like today, and it was even raining, so I don't know where everybody was, Mike. Mike, I got to tell everybody real quick, I know uh, there might be some of you on our website looking for the show. Um, I am floating the embedding link as we speak. So. Yeah, well, yeah, like I say, I mean, it was the it, the time kind of played havoc with us because Blog Talk Radio at the last minute wanted a, a set time, 6.30. We, of course, originally we were going to go on at 7, then we moved the bank 15 minutes, and uh, that was advertised, but then we had to go uh, back to 6.30 because Blog Talk Radio likes a nice, even time, and uh, of course, uh, we're still learning. We're only six months into this thing, Mike, and we're still, we're still, <laughs> we're still doing that show. <laughs> You know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, maybe we need ten or twelve more test shows before we, uh, before. Well, that's what it was, Mike. We should have won. We should have won a year-long test shows. That's what we, the whole first year. We're going to be nothing but test shows, and then we'll get this thing ironed up. Yeah, you know, I, I you know what, we're we're gonna get it together. But the, uh, anyways, the link is now on the website, so you should be able to go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com to check out the show, the entire show broadcasted. On our website. Well, Mike, we got a busy show tonight, and uh, we're really going to dive into things here. Garnett Sale will be the uh, first guest 
And uh, I almost, you know, I got to tell you real quick before we get to uh, our, our thing. I almost said Garnett Barnsdale is the first one to turn for home. He'll explain why he comes on the show because when I say that when race calling, it's his absolute favorite line. So, so uh, yes. Garnett Barnsdale is going to join us. He's from the Daily Racing Forum. We're going to talk Pepsi North America Cup tonight coming up at Mohawk. We're also going to talk the super high five, Mike, $430,000 in the carryover pool, the high five. Yeah, and that's a 12-horse field, so uh, we're certainly going to pin Garnett down and, and uh, try to make sure he could make us uh, a lot more money in that particular race. But that's a great card, Mike. That whole Mohawk card from top down is just uh, a terrific card, one of the great race cards that uh, we've seen here so far in 2016. And we're going to uh, dissect it with Garnett Barnsdale. We're also going to dissect it with the track announcer, the fine track announcer, my wife's favorite track announcer, Mike Carter, Ken Middleton. <laughs> he will be joining us on the program. Uh, we're also going to have uh, very excited about this series, Mike. It's the first of our ongoing weekly series about running aces harness park. We're going to hear a lot from uh, track announcer, Darren Gagne, who had a chance to sit down and talk to uh, the head of racing there, Ben Blum, about three of, our, of uh, uh, the excitement at running aces casino and racetrack is their official name now. So we're going to talk to Darren uh, or Darren's going to talk to Ben on our first of our ongoing series about running aces, casino and racetrack. We're also going to have a chance to sit down with Mark Mullen, the owner of uh, uh, Hamiltonian winner broad bond. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, the activities at Fairwinds farm coming up on Sunday, June 26th. They have an open house. It's free, free, free. Bring the kids out. We're going to learn more about that uh, coming up with Mark uh, towards the bottom of the hour. Also driver, Tim Tietrich will be joining us. He is chock full of drives on the Pepsi North America card. So we'll talk to him about that. Our good friend, Anthony McDonald, boy, you talk about a busy guy from the stable.ca. He's got all his two-year-olds from the stable uh, qualifying and getting ready for action. Plus he's got big fantasy draft coming up uh, that uh, we'll talk about as well. Another great promotion by the stable.ca. We'll get uh, more involved with Anthony. We've got a lot going on on this particular program. And Mike, I'm glad we started at 630 so we can get it all in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, our good friend Garnett Barnsdale from the Daily Racing Forum, he's a contributor on the Mohawk card every single night. He'll be on deck. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz, and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook.
Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet American. We're proud to be joined now by Garnett, Barnsdale, and uh, Garnett, I had to kind of, you know, uh, uh, throw you out there a little bit with uh, with you turning first. Let's hope you're turning first uh, on Saturday. Let's hope I am, yeah. Let's hope I'm actually on the air because I got uh, – my computer went to sleep and I lost you there for a sec, but uh, how you doing, guys? Not too bad. How are you? I'm great. It's uh, two days from the North American Cup. Best night of racing in Canada, as far as I'm concerned. So, pretty excited. Now, Garnett, I'm I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to get up there one of these years. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it next year. I'm coming for the Pepsi North America Cup. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a great event from what I can see, like on the telecast. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the things going on on Cup Night, and uh, you know uh, what you're looking forward to most. Well, it's uh, you know it's 15 races starting at 6:30, but they have um, they have all kinds of different things going on. They have a, a like a rib, uh, not a rib fest, but they have a place where you can buy ribs that are probably pretty good. They have uh, the first bets on them, so a two dollar free bet for the first. Uh, num- I'm not sure how many thousand. Kenny could probably fill you in on that. Um, there's uh, they give usually give away hats. There's an autograph signing with the drivers, and of course there's a, a sensational night of racing. I mean we got. We got the North American Cup, first uh, million dollar race of the year. It's the Always Be Mickey in the uh, Mohawk Gold Cup, and uh, just a just a tremendous card all the way through, really. Well, you know, listen, Garnett, this is Mike Bozich here, and if Carter uh, is going to come up next year, and you're offering to buy, you could bet your life that Carter will be up there next year because he's not <laughs> going to pass up a free meal, especially if it's ribs. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I saw him eat at the jug. I don't know if I can afford to buy for him. <laughs> Garnett, first of all, let's talk about the weather. What's the weather supposed to be like Saturday? It's supposed to be about. Oh well, let me con- try and convert this now. It's uh, going to be in the mid 80s during the day. I don't believe there's any call for rain. So if it stays, you know, if it stays warm and fairly muggy, we might. Garnett, are you there? Mike, I think uh think we might have lost him. Well, let that's me see all right. if I see, can you know uh, what? I'm gonna get Well, here's the thing, Mike, you scared him off with free food. Now you said he had to buy and then all of a sudden he disappeared and, and got off our airwaves. <laughs> that, that, you know, I, I would have hung, right. hung up too. He he has seen me at the jug. And I tell you, I can put away some of those chicken wings that we have at the jug. That's all I'm saying. So uh, hopefully we'll get Garnett back here in just a bit. We're talking Pepsi North America up here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. And Mike, uh, it's a very competitive field of uh, horses. And I'll tell you what, I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to the race. Well, I'll tell you from top down, and uh, we'll try to get Garnett back here in just a moment. Uh, but from top down, Mike, this is just one great racing program. And of course, you got the Pepsi North America Cup featuring the three-year-old uh, Pacers. It's going to be fantastic. I think Garnett's back on. Let's see if uh, uh, let's see if we can bring back uh, Garnett. Garnett, are you back with us? I'm back. I'm back. Sorry okay, I understand that. that, and I understand the the free uh, Carter scared you away with uh, you know trying to get you trying to get you to buy him ribs and all that. And like I told Carter, I I would have hung up too. <laughs> I'm back though. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So we were talking about the weather. You said uh, you think it's supposed to be nice. Um, and I remember from the uh, especially the Breeders' Crown last year, uh, the weather uh, in Mother Nature was not kind to us. No, that was uh, unbelievably rainy night 
but uh, you know there, there were some sensational races that night. I, I, the one that stands out for me from that night was always be Mickey, the, the phenomenal mile he went in the rain. But he may he should not have to uh, endure rain this Saturday, so that'll be good. Now, Garnett, we've got a great card all the way, top to bottom, from race one all the way to the last race, culminating with that uh, big must-pay high five. Uh, first of all, before we start dissecting some of these races individually, are there any horses that you can point to right off the top of your head after looking at the card that uh, we should pay special attention to? I think for me, the, for, for me, the only real single that I like as a single is in the pick five. Number four, Hanalore Hanover in the third race, the Armbro Flight Final. She, to me, she was just phenomenal last week. Uh, you know, uh, she she made a move to the front early and was overtaken by uh, Shaky Carey. And uh, Jingra moved her early on Shaky Carey on the turn. And by the time they turned for home, she had a clear lead and really just coasted home in 27 flat. I think uh, unless something really strange happens in that race, to me, that's that's the single and the best bet of the night. Now, Garnett, race three is the um, is the Armbro Flight Final. It features some really big names. Uh, one name that sticks out to me is Dahl, the uh, New York Sire Stakes champion in 2014, and uh, had a big Sire Stakes season in 2015. You've got Elegant Serenity, who is in this field, and of course, Shake It Carry. And um, you know, talk about this race a little bit. You talked about Hanalore Hanover, um, who is the six to five morning line favorite. Is there anybody else that you could see maybe getting close to her? You know, I like Elegant Serenity a little bit from the eight hole to uh, maybe crash the exotics. She wasn't driven especially aggressively last week. Um, she looked like she had lots of trot turning for home, but the other divisions there, the other elimination winner rules of the road, who leads from post three there had stolen a pretty good breather in the third quarter. I think it's like a 29 flat quarter and Elegant Serenity still came on very well for second. So for me, I, that's the one I'd probably be looking to maybe use for second and third underneath panel or Hanover. Um, you know, Shaky Carey, I wasn't really that impressed with her. I mean, she got beat seven lengths. So, you know, maybe she's just not at the top of her game right now. And in other words, you always got to consider for the bottom of the exotics is Charmed Life, who always seems to be uh, winding up from the back of the pack and, you know, taking advantage maybe of some battling that happened in mid-race. She's, she's number five. So I might go four over the five-eight, maybe try the exactor in the try there with a couple of longer shots underneath uh, what was probably going to be a big chalk. Garnett, let's back up a race. Uh, let's go to that second race, and it's a Philly and Mare Preferred, and I think it's a really, really nice race. Uh, Venus Delight was a horse that uh, two starts back, uh, winning the Betsy race, and the horse that shuffled back, and uh, driver Tim Tietrich, who, by the way, is driving lights out. He'll be on the show at about 7.30 tonight. But uh, he was able to find room, swing to the outside, and was able to sweep past the likes of Katie said and uh, sell a bit. Now, uh, she finished fifth, did not make the Rose Red Finals, but moves into this Philly and Mare preferred company, which uh, is not easy, uh, no question about it, but it's certainly uh, easier than the Roses Are Red Final uh, would be. But she's got to face a horse. Uh, and you talk about home court advantage a lot when you, uh, you know, talk about uh, a track like Mohawk. Uh, which Dolly, who has just been absolutely on fire, she's won her last two. What do you make of uh, the Philly and Mare preferred, Garnett? Which Dolly's been phenomenal the past two. And, and the one interesting thing for me was she handled Solar Sister quite easily in both those races. And Solar Sister came back and won a division, uh, uh, sorry, I would keep saying division, an elimination of the Roses are Red uh, last week fairly easily herself. So, I think Witch Dolly is definitely the horse to beat. Another one I, I was looking at there that actually picked second ahead of Venus Delight 
is skipping by. Skipping by uh, has done very well at this track in the past. She raced okay last week from the five hole, finished fourth uh, in the Roses Are Red, so just missed uh, making in the final. She finished actually just ahead of Venus Delight, who was first up, you know, had a tougher trip. But you got to think maybe uh, Jingra is going to be firing out of there with skipping by. He may he may land in Witch Dally's pocket early, which could give him a chance to, to you know, notch an upset later in the mile. Now, Garnett, we're going to go to the fifth race. It's the Good Times final for three-year-old uh, trotters. And, Garnett, you know how I feel about short-priced uh, trotters. However, I feel like Dayton yep. is going to be a, a little bit of a short price in here. Granted, you have Marion Marauder at the inside and will take charge. But Dayton, uh, I had a chance to call at Buffalo. Moses just had a chance to call at Harris, Philadelphia. We've both seen the good of this horse. But every once in a while, he can make a break. Garnett, did we lose yeah, Garnett again? Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Go, ahead. go ahead, Garnett. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just I, you know, Dason was very impressive last week, but it's another horse that you know kind of took a advantage of a, a breather in the third quarter, trotting in twenty nine and one. The horse that was in the pocket that day, uh, bar hopping, the one that he overtook in the third quarter, you know, he had some trotting down the lane, and he didn't really get a lot of room until late. It didn't look like he was really persevered on that much. I think he's definitely a threat. And there's a couple other ones in there. Uh, Diamande was uh, given a, given to Randy Waples for the first time as a catch driver last week um, after the trainer, Tom Durand, actually had won and finished second with him. And he went a pretty uh, gritty trip first up to win the other elimination. And then I thought we'll take charge race really well, you know, leaving for the front from the nine hole, uh, getting shuffled back a bit, and then coming on again to be third to Dason. I think Dason is, um, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a, a single in that pick four, he might be it. But, uh, you know, once I got to the end of the pick five here, the 20-cent ticket, my ticket was so cheap that I ended up using three, four, five, and six rather than singling Dason, and it still in, only ended up being 1440 for 20-cent bet. That's why the 20-cent bet, I think, is so great, and you get a lot of value in it, and you get a lot of play. And, you know, in races like this, Garnett, and you see Dason, and you see, you know this trotter's got all the ability in the world, but you know you do see that X, and you do see yep. that X a couple of starts back, and I'll tell you, that has to scare you, and that has to, especially for 20 cents, you almost have to give yourself a plan B and plan C in that situation. I agree totally, and you know, that's, uh, and he's one of few that shows an X, actually. Most of them don't show any, so I think you got to have a backup no question about it. Moving right along in that card, uh, Garnett, uh, race number nine. It's the Fan Hanover for three-year-old Philly Paces. Uh, a great, great race. I mean, you've got Pure Country, who has tasted defeat now in her last couple of starts. Uh, she's uh, She was heavily backed, and uh, she finished third at the Meadows uh, despite post seven. She made a brush last time. and had it taken away by Goodwill Hanover, uh, who uh, a lot of people really, really liked it, the people I've been talking to. Uh, of course, Darlin' on the Beach has been red hot uh, Superbly bred, some beach somewhere. Darlin's delight. Uh, your thoughts on the fan handover? I think it, it's probably those three and, and maybe LA delight. But of, of those of that group, I really actually was most impressed by Darlin on the beach last week, especially the way Dave Miller drove her. Um, he uh, he put the pedal of the metal in the third quarter, which he does quite often at Mohawk. Uh, one race that sticks out of my mind uh, won the West when he, he just basically annihilated the field on the backstretch, and I believe that was the 
the Gold Cup a few years back. It might have been the Pacing Derby, but um, I just like the way he he drove with total authority and then kind of coasted home. I think he, he probably could have went a bit faster on the end of it. Um, obviously, the horses you mentioned, I think Goodwill Hanover was the beneficiary of as perfect a trip as you could probably get as, uh, you know, Pure Country was uh, battling with Mayhem Seelster all the way around the last turn. So Pure Country's got a bit of an excuse. She probably was going to get a better trip. For me, I think uh, I'm, I'm just going to go with Darlin' on the Beach and Pure Country there to, to kick off that pick four and kind of hope for the best. Visiting with Garnett Barnsdale, DRF contributor, excellent uh, handicapper up north of the border. Garnett, race number 10 is the Mohawk Gold Cup, and I love these free-for-all paces. I mean, and, and a card like this, it's uh, certainly one of my uh, favorite attractions, if you will, and this race is not going to disappoint. You've got the likes of PH Supercam, always be Mickey, of course, who everybody's looking at. Evening of Pleasure, Shambhala, who's just been on fire up there. Nickel Bang, who beat Wiggle and Jiggle at the four starts ago. Mick Wicked, we all know two well uh, about the, his abilities just a great great race and uh we see always be mickey as the four to five morning line favorite is there uh you see anybody uh beating always be mickey in this race I, you know i went three deep here looking for a little bit of value I'm, i probably might take an extra ticket or two singling always be mickey i think he's obviously the you know the main attraction but shambhala has just been on fire the last two starts here and uh you know two starts back he went in 48 and one basically just by open, you know, by most of the stretch. And then last time out, it was a, it was a fairly easy win in 49 and two. If you actually were there, uh, you know, standing by the rail watching, he wasn't being urged much to, to be able to come home in 26 flat and win in 149 and two. I think the other horse I'm, I'm passing in as a, maybe as a bit of a long shot for this pick four is better's edge from the rail Jingra. Um, you know, you got Jingra and Burke, he's stepping up in class, obviously from what he's been racing at, but, He's beaten these these kind before, and you get the rail, and you know what? Maybe he'll maybe he'll fall into kind of a perfect trip scenario and and uh, upset him at ten or twelve to one. So I'm I'm going to use the one, four, and six, but I I wouldn't argue with anybody that was singling always be Mickey here. I'm just kind of looking for a price maybe. Race eleven is the Roses are red final for Phillies and mares. Three hundred seventy thousand dollars is the purse. What are your thoughts on this one? You know, Andrevet's going for her fourth win in this race. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And uh, she was she was pretty uh, pretty solid last week, uh, reaching up very late on the wire to win by a nose. But there's there's three or four horses that could win this, or, or mares, I should say. I was really impressed with the lay, with the way Lady Shadow won last week back on uh, home ground. She had a tightener the week before, and uh, you know uh, she drifted out down the lane, but she seemed to be going faster as she was drifting out. She won very easily, and now she picks up Yannick Jingra, which uh, Doug McNair interestingly is driving his dad's horse, Solar Sister, who was another elimination winner. And then the other one I kind of think you got to use is uh, Sand Between Your Toes. She won a big trip last time, or last week, sorry, first over. Um, the third quarter was 27-1. and one. She picked up three lengths, so she goes, she, she paced the 26-3 and three third quarter and then was nailed in the very, very last step by Andrevet up the inside. I mean, that race was decided by about an inch. So you couldn't do more than that and, and lose a race. I think Sand Between Your Toes definitely should be on, on pick four tickets and she might offer a little bit of value there. Now, Garnett, uh, let's talk about uh, the Pepsi North America cup. It's the big race on the card features betting line last year's breeders crown champion, Boston red rocks. Uh, who do you like in this race and how do you see it setting up? I, you know, it's a little bit hard to, 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 to try and figure out how it's going to set up. I think the one, the one known thing is that Lion Snyder is going to probably be on the lead early, but, 
you got to wonder if anybody's going to try and fire out from the outside. I mean, Magnum J was a horse I really, really liked until he drew the 10 hole at the draw. Uh, it's pretty hard to like anybody from the 10 hole in this race, but you never know. He's got speed. Maybe he fires out of there. Um, the horse that I think you got to beat, the, I hate to pick a chalk in this race. I've done very well betting against them. As you know, I had the winner last year, uh, Wakazashi Hanover. I had that uh, thinking out loud, but betting line really impressed me last week. He won a, He had a very long first over trip. Um, he paced, you know, 26 and change third and, and last quarters and got up to win by three quarters of a length. I think, um, I think Miller is probably going to try and put him on the front somewhere, maybe on the back stretch and, and try and just take it from there. But another horse, the horse I like is a long shot play and a possible upsetter for Michael's victory. Now if I was watching this race, uh, when the race started last week, he tried to drop in maybe around fourth or fifth and every hole shut off immediately. So what you had was three horses at the back of the pack that were all forced to kind of stay on the outside for a while. And he was the third one back in that group. So he, he took a really bad shuffle at the start of the race. And uh, he came on really well, despite being on excess cover at the end, you know, 27 and one last quarter finished third, a pretty good primer. I think if anybody's going to spring like a, some, you know, a reasonable upset, He's probably going to be around 10 to one. He might be the one. So I think, um, you know, I think there's a few other horses you could use racing Hill um, racing Hill broke my heart last week. Cause I would have made a small fortune had he won and it looked like he was going to do so. And then went off stride uh, when he came up the inside there. So he's another one to consider obviously Boston red rocks. I mean, what can you say about him? He's a, he was the first over winner, which is, which is pretty gritty and never missed the board last year's breeders crown winner. There's, there's a number of you can use, but for me, I like betting line the best, and I'm probably going to use Michael's victory as my backup in that race. Garnett, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Now, listen, uh, you're going to put your pick four uh, tickets as well as your high five ticket online, right, on social media? Yes, sir. You can, okay, find, make uh, sure. you can find my selections at drf.com, and then uh, I'll probably post some kind of a that – high, that high five – the high five looks about as impossible as it gets. You need to make a bunch of money before that race comes up. Well, listen, we're going to let you sit on it for a couple of days. Make sure you post that because we'll certainly share it on our social media platforms, and we're looking forward to making a lot of money come North America Cup Day. We really appreciate it, Garnett, and uh, good handicapping, buddy. You've done a fantastic job, and uh, we'll see what happens come Saturday. Always a pleasure, guys. I'm happy to join any time, and uh, thank you very much, and take care. All right, that was Garnett Barnesdale. And, uh, by the way, we will – uh, retweet and uh, post his uh, picks on Facebook because he does that uh, pretty good, Mike, on social media. So we'll make sure we retweet that for our listeners uh, and uh, the fans of the show because uh, I think it's worth doing. Mike uh, Garnett knows his uh, he knows his Canadian harness racing, and uh, hopefully we can make some money come Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I made some money last year as well as he did with Wakazashi Hanover over Wiggle It Jiggle It. So lots of money to be made come Saturday night. Well, we're joined now by the voice of. WEG Harness Racing. He's the voice at Mohawk, and he'll be the voice of the Pepsi North America Cup on the Saturday. Ken Middleton joins the program. Ken, how are we doing tonight? Hey, pretty good. Great night tonight. Hopefully more of the same on the weekend. Now, Ken, uh, let's talk about Pepsi North America Cup night a little bit. Uh, what's uh, going on at Mohawk uh, for the fans, and then uh, we'll dive into the race a little bit. Oh, what's going on for the fans? Let's see. We've got... Uh... You know, interaction, obviously, with the participants and stuff like that. We've got a, uh, food trucks coming out. We've got a barbecue area set up out front here. It's always a fan favorite 
giveaways. Uh, they've got prize money up for grabs. They've got baseball cap giveaways. Uh, first bet is on us giveaways. Uh, we've got concert going on here uh, just in front of the grandstand area on the uh, Saturday night program as well. Uh, rib trucks are here. Andrew Hyatt actually is the country star is going to be performing live music. Uh, we've got handicapping contests. You know, you name it. The list just is uh, really too long to cover here unless you guys have got a four-hour show. Yeah, and most importantly, uh, Ken, it's a great wagering card. I mean, from top to bottom, just fantastic races uh, from race one all the way to the end there where uh, it's that uh, mandatory high-five pay. Uh, first of all, you've got a call ready for Boston Red Rocks because I have to tell you, you were a finalist in our race called the year last year, and uh, I think you finished second behind Ron Houston's Wiggle It Jiggle It call. But uh, do you have something ready? Do you have something prepared for that big race? No, never do. It just... It either comes to you or it doesn't, you know, if it, cause, because if it's a tight finish and you don't know who wins anyway, it's it's out the window anyway, right? It's uh, the the story is the the uh, closeness of the finish. So no, I try not to get uh, lines prepared and stuff like that. I'm just armed with all the other information. Like if John Campbell happens to win, you know, it's it's uh, him winning his seventh NA Cup, or you know, you try and have the records in the back of your mind, and you want to be prepared for stuff like that. But as far as you know, rolling out some kind of punchline at the end of the race, it's it's not my style. If it comes to you, it comes to you. Yeah, and it comes to you quite a bit, my friend, because you've got some beauties. Uh, like I told Mike Carter, you're my wife's favorite. And uh, that's the only reason she's listening to the show tonight, by the way, because she she heard you were going to be on. But uh, awesome. listen, um, <laughs> I asked Garnett. And I'm going to ask you, um, before we kind of dive into the card a little bit, uh, and obviously you you put the proofs online and you put the programs online, it's it's fantastic interaction with social media, all the racing fans, Mohawk and and, uh, Wegg up there. But anybody in that card, could be an overnight race or could be one of the races or whatever, that you've seen that stands out to you uh, off the top of your head? If you're looking for a most probable winner, Handle or Hanover in the uh, Armbrough flight, she just she dominated like like no other horse last weekend. Uh, you know, Jengard never sat behind her. You know, when you combine him and Ron Burke, it's always a money making equation. But yeah, she just she just absolutely toyed with them. And Shake It Carry, you know, who a lot of people were hoping would bounce back, she she came up you know subpar by her standards. So it's handle or Hanover's race to win you know she probably the only way she gets beat is if she beats herself because she just looked awesome last week yeah that was one of uh garnett's top selections as well ken was handle or hanover and that comes in the armbro flight final which is race number three uh race number five is the good times final and i was talking to garnett uh i've had a chance to call dason and i'm not a big fan of short priced uh trotters but i feel like dason is going to be a uh, little bit of a short price and who else do you like in this field um, yeah, no, I agree. He's going to be short-priced, deservedly so, based on the way he performed. And again, the connections is always, you know, the, the money flocks to Burke and the money flocks to Jingra. Marion Marauder, to me, maybe the upset horse. He was just too far back last week. I couldn't believe he spotted him 15 lengths of the quarter pole. It was just, you know, way, way too far back in the early going. He finished up well, but last week was a, you know, a nice prep race for him coming in. He was fortunate because he went into the open draw because he got beaten his elimination. So he, he still drew an excellent post in the two hole. Scott Huron's got to take advantage of it this week. Unlike what happened last week. 
Ken, let's move along to the Fan Hanover final race. Nine three-year-old fillies going for a pot of $438,000. And, uh, you know, Darlin on the beach has been red hot. I mean, Pure Country was the two-year-old star, but Darlin on the beach is really making a name for herself in uh, the three-year-old campaign. She won five of six. Is she as advertised in this race? She's one of many contenders in there. I don't think it's cut and dry for her. Uh, she raced well last week, but her final quarter was maybe a little, the only thing that was a little bit suspect, 28-4. and four. Uh, It's going to take more than that to fend off the top fillies in this race. Um, you know, L.A. Delay, even though she got beat last week, I thought she put up a good fight. Uh, she came first over. She never threw in the towel, and, uh, you know, tactically, she wasn't at the same advantage that Darlin on the beach was on the lead. So, you know, I wouldn't count out L.A. Delight. Goodwill Hanover. You know, a 50-2 and two win last week off a good trip. She was home in 27. You couldn't have asked for much more from her. And, you know, pure country, just based on what she did last year, I know she's been a little bit uh, slow out of the blocks by her standards this year, just one for four for Tactor. But, you know, she's another filly who can bounce back, obviously, and step up her game. So I don't think they're going to cut the check too early on that one. It's going to be a, a wide-open race. Now, Ken, race 10 is the Mohawk Gold Cup. It's the Invitational, and it features Always Be Mickey, and kind of a horse that still isn't getting uh, a whole lot of respect is Even in a Pleasure. Uh, what do you make of this field? I know Even in a Pleasure took the Molson pace at London and then didn't do so hot the next week. And then last week at Mohawk, came back and uh, took on some very good horses in Nickelback and State Treasurer. Uh, what do you make of this race? Um. All roads go through. Tactors always be Mickey for sure. Uh, even though he got beat last week, he was home on 26 and he paced his own mile 47 and two. And he, he's just a freaky horse. Uh, yeah, he, he's the one to beat in there. But getting back to the one you mentioned, even a pleasure. He's a nice horse. I don't think he's an always be Mickey type. Uh, he's going to let you know he's there every once in a while. He's, he's a very trip dependent horse. He's not a horse that can go out there and whack out a mile and finish off with the same kind of tenacity. He, he's what he is. He's a horse who's got. He's blessed with wicked speed off the gate, and that can always get him in good position. And then he's got a pretty good kick in the end of the mile, too. But he's a trip-dependent horse, uh, you know, who might be able to fluke into uh, getting a sweet trip and picking up a piece. But I'd be shocked if he beat Always Be Mickey. A horse like Shambhala, on the other hand, maybe not. You know, he, he's, uh, he's been outstanding in his last two starts. And even a horse like McWicked, post nine's going to hang him up a little bit. But, you know, he, he wasn't all that far back of Always Be Mickey and Mel Mara last time out of the Meadowlands either. Race 11 on that car, Ken, is the Roses are Red Finals, Phillies and Mares. And, you know, a lot of these Phillies, uh, and a lot of these Mares, rather, excuse me, they just battle, uh, you know, week in, week out, every couple of weeks because there's only so many of these Mares on the ca- on this caliber to go around. But a horse that that caught my eye, and uh, obviously that's been racing in Mohawk, came to Harris, Philadelphia, was Wasmula. And this horse had kind of an impossible trip, was wide, and uh, Venus Delight was able to get – through on the inside and was able to kind of thread through traffic to get the job done and while it was forced out uh, much too wide she was a dollar 85 last time on the dollar she finished third uh looked like she was hung that the uh, first part of the mile and then she battled and then she uh looks like she kind of got shuffled back she's 12 to 1 on the line in my opinion that's pretty uh that's pretty generous does she have a chance here Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't see her being 12-1. to 1. I think she'll be a fraction of that. And, yeah, she did have a complicated trip last week. Um, I still think she's going to have to take her game to a new level if she wants to be the best in here. Uh, she's a very, very nice mare. You'd love to have her. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's capable of getting the job done. But I don't think there's anybody in that race you can really cross off with any kind of uh, confidence. It's just one of those races where, 
there's a bunch of horses that are going to go off in the four or five to one ballpark. You know what I mean? There's not going to be an even money favorite in that field. I'd be shocked if there was. Now, Ken, let's talk about the Pepsi North America Cup. It is the 12th race. It's a $1 million purse. It kicks off the 20-cent pick four. And so this, this race is very interesting, if you ask me. You've got Lion Snyder, who has uh, some speed. Betting line has a little bit of early speed. But, Ken, there, there's a lot of uh, – there, there seems to be a lot of closing in this race. Could, could this race be won by somebody who, uh, who maybe is coming from off the pace? It generally is. You know, it's a, it's not a race where in the past you've seen horses go right to the front and wire up the field, uh, you know, maybe unless you're Jade Lobel or something like that, you know. It's generally, it takes a little bit of cover or a little bit of trip luck for you to win this race. Look at Wiggle at Jigglet last year. You know, everybody thought he was the uh, second coming of Niatros, and uh, he's an outstanding horse, but he got beat, even though, uh, you know, coming in he was a small price uh it's a race that uh, there's a lot of horses in here that are good enough to win. It just depends on the right type of trip, you know what I mean? It's, it's a driver's race for sure. There's a lot of good horses in here. Betting line obviously is key coming in. He's on his he's on his A game right now for Casey Coleman, and he survived a first over trip to win last week in his elimination in 49 and one. Uh, it was good to see Boston Red Rocks bounce back and pick up a win for trainer Steve Elliott, who's gone on the record saying he you know he's he's a better horse coming off cover. He's a he's a trip dependent horse sometimes. So you know it doesn't matter how good you are. You still got to have a little bit of racing luck and you know benefit for some from some cover uh, every now and then. So it's it'll be an interesting race for sure. All right, Ken Middleton, you've got some action to call tonight, my friend. We'll let you get to it. But I do have a couple real quick questions for you. First of all, um, when you have uh, when you put together a card like this, uh, a championship card, and you've got horses coming from all over the place, uh, how much do you weigh in home court advantage, horses that have been racing at Mohawk on a regular basis versus out-of-towners? Personally, I always like to see horses. When you're coming for a race like the Pepsi North America Cup, it always surprises me when horses just show up here on elimination night, especially when you've got an opportunity to race the week earlier in the Sun Beach somewhere, something like that. You get going from different track surfaces and stuff like that. Uh, you know, if you want to tinker and make a change, add a little bit more grab, you know, whatever. Uh, personally, I like, to, I like to see horses get a start over the track, but some people just like to come in and get out, um, you know, avoid a chance of getting sick or uh, things like that. So it's different with each individual horse, I guess. Um, everybody seemed to handle everything pretty good last week, minus Racing Hill, who made a break in the stretch. I'm not sure if Tony will make any changes or not. It looked like Brett just scared him when he hit him with the whip. Uh, he was shooting him up the rail, and he, he tapped him on the saddle pad with the whip, and the horse got scared and looked like he just made a break. That's the way it looked up here anyway. So um, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a couple shoeing changes on some horses. But other than that, I think everybody had to be happy with the way their horses performed last week. Maybe with the exception of Brad Maxwell in control of the moment, he was a little bit flat and dull compared to the way he'd raced the week before. So I'm not sure if he maybe scoped a little bit sick or uh, there was something maybe keeping him from being at his absolute best last week. But they've had a chance now to address it, and he can be, uh, he can be a factor as well. And we've got racing action tonight. Who's your best bet on tonight's card? Tonight's card? I haven't even had a chance to open the card, to be quite honest with you. I've had radio shows. I've had uh, different things and stuff like that. We've got a pretty good card, though, here tonight. OSS Grassroots Action for three-year-old pacing Colts and Geldings. Maybe not the stars of the uh, OSS program, but uh, some nice, nice horses here tonight for sure. 
And if anybody wants to follow you on Twitter, Facebook, how could they do so? Oh, it's Middleton underscore W-O-M-O-H. And I'd love to hear from everybody. Kenny, you're one of the best of the business, my friend. We certainly enjoy your calls, and we're looking forward to Saturday night. Keep up the great work, guys. All right. That was Ken Middleton, track announcer uh, up at Woodbine and Mohawk. And, uh, boy, what a pleasure to have Ken on the program. And uh, took some, was very generous with his time, Mike. Took some time to uh, talk with us. Of course, he's got uh, a race car getting ready to start, and he was able to squeeze us in. And, and uh, you know, Kenny's one of the best in the business. Like I said, Mike, my wife's favorite announcer. And i got to tell you, he's one of mine, too. You know, he, he's one of the best. And i, I got to tell you, I went to Mohawk last year, uh, year before. I think it was year before last. It was my first year calling at Buffalo and things hadn't really gone the best. You know, I mean, I was, you know, new and I went to Mohawk and Ken goes, you want to call a race? And, you know, Mike, you're, you're calling, I mean, it's Mohawk. It is like oh. grand premiere of harness racing outside of the Meadowlands. And so when, when somebody asks somebody new to call a race at like Mohawk, I'm looking at him like, are, what are you nuts? Didn't you hear anything from Buffalo this year? But he was very generous. I wound up doing a decent job. And uh, I got to tell you, he is just a class act guy and uh, a lot of fun to be around. And he loves his hockey. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. A lot of people love I, I'm not a big hockey fan, but especially when the season lasts uh, 20 months in a year. But anyway, uh, certainly appreciate Ken joining us. And, uh, Mike, we are painfully behind on the commercials. I, uh, you know, listen, I'm glad you're running the studio because I wouldn't know how to catch up. So I'm going to leave that to you, my friend. But, uh, listen, we've got uh, Darren Gagne and Ben Blum coming up from Running Aces uh, Casino and Racetrack. We've got that segment's going to run weekly. Uh, we've got Mark Mullen coming up, uh, the owner of uh, – uh, Hamiltonian winner Broad Bond. He's going to talk to us about the uh, happenings of Fairwinds uh, Farm coming up. We've got Tim Tietrich. We've got Anthony McDonald. Uh, we've got the Maryland Minute. Uh, Mike, I don't even know wh- how we're going to fit all this in, buddy. <laughs> don't worry. We'll get there. And listen, the sun is finally coming out here in Cleveland. So uh, you know what? It's, uh, it's shining on the show tonight. Well, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to hear from Running Aces track announcer Darren Gagne. You've got post time with Mike Mike. Presented by Bet America. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35. 
and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Darren Gagne here with the highlights from the racing action at Running Aces this past week. In the $11,000 Open events in the Mayor's Open, it was party hangover two from the Steve Wiseman barn, who picked up her fourth consecutive win, pacing in 154 and three this week. The open pace went to Jasmanian Devil for the second week in a row, this time in 153-1 with Mooney Swenson in the bike for trainer Steve Wiseman. The open trot, it was Banker Volo who took his second local win in 156-4 with Nick Rowland driving for Daniel Rowland. In the $7,500 Minnesota-sired events, the three-year-old Philly Pace dag in my stockings with Nick Rowland in the bike pace to a new lifetime mark and eye-opening 154-1 and for trainer Dwayne Rowland. The three-year-old gelding pace went to Freedom Reigns with Tim Mayer driving for Brady Jensen in 155 flat. On the trotting side, it was Whatever She's Got who took the three-year-old Philly trot in a lifetime mark of two minutes and four-fifths for trainer Jenny King with Jerry Longo driving. And the winning dollar in 159 and four with Nick Rowland aboard took the three-year-old gelding trot in the Minnesota Sired events. This week's top drivers at Running Aces, Steve Wiseman picked up seven wins for the week, Nick Rowland second with five wins, and Tim Mayer had four wins this week at Running Aces. Okay, Darren here again at Running Aces, and I'm sitting down right now with Ben Blum, who is uh, in charge of all the racing operations here at Running Aces, and we wanted to give a little bit of history and a preview of the future at Running Aces and talk about uh, harness racing in Minnesota as we're going to be doing these weekly segments here on the Mike and Mike uh, post-time show. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? Real good, Darren. How are you? Great. Uh, we wanted to g- give the fans a little bit of background on how Running Aces came to be. Um, you've been here from the beginning uh, since the first day of live racing, so you can give us a little bit of an idea of the history. Sure, sure. So in 2003, uh, Mountaineer Gaming and Southwest Casinos formed a partnership, North Metro Harness Initiative, and uh, they decided that they would apply for a license, and they had to forge the company and gained city support to um, build a harness track in Columbus, Minnesota. So that took years of preparation and planning. And in 2005, they applied for licensing and were granted it in 2007 for 2008. Okay, so live racing started in 2008. Right. And so this is our ninth year of live racing here at Running Aces, correct? And it also has a card casino or card club, and that was here from day one as well? It was here since 2008, but we had to raise 50 days before the card right. room opened. So, it so opened basically, you know, the card club, the casino, the whole operation has been here for just about nine years. Okay, now Minnesota has a lot of history of harness racing dating all the way back to Dan Patch around the turn of the century. I know he uh was purchased by Marion Savage who moved the horse out here to Minnesota in 1902 and then he set that world record at the Minnesota State Fair in 155 flat in front of 93,000 people uh in ni- 1906. So, there was obviously a lot of interest in harness racing and people uh were into it. There's been fair racing all along, correct? Right. So, last year the Cannon Falls celebrated their 100th anniversary. 
And, uh, you know, since then, since 100 years ago, the, the racing in Minnesota has been fair racing. Um, they have a pretty decent fair circuit, and they also race in Iowa. But they have and, um, one fair in Wisconsin, too. But they also uh, have their, their fairs year-round as often as they possibly can, and uh, they don't race in the peak winter, but they'll race everything else. And, uh, you know, working with them, we were able to get a license and get racing here, and we've built every year, year after year, we continue to build our product. In the nine-year history that we've had live racing, what are some of the most memorable uh, instances that you can think of? Well, from a, a racing perspective, I would say that Arizona Liar being at our track with Mark King was definitely fun to watch. That horse was well, well above every other horse that we had here. It was winning our Opens for fun, but it was a lot of fun to watch that horse race. And also Six Gun with Jason Ryan um, breaking the record and going with 150-4 and four at our track was an amazing thing as well. So he set the the all-time overall record 150 and four fifths, and that hasn't been touched since then. Right. Correct. All right. So here at Running Aces, we are known for uh, drawing really good crowds, uh, as compared to a lot of harness tracks across the country. What can you attribute that to? I think the first we would attribute that attribute that to our atmosphere. The atmosphere at Running Aces is family friendly. It's a fun environment. We have free admission, free parking. And we race during times during the summer where people have evenings and weekends off where they can go and enjoy the races and have fun and watch the races and the horses and enjoy their day. Uh, now, another interesting thing about the history here at Running Aces is it was it was built on the grounds that used to be this famous restaurant that had trout ponds and they also had concerts and things like that. And the interesting thing is, is that after a few years, you've gone back to an affiliation with the Trout Air, which was the original name of this uh, location, and they now are the operators of the dining room restaurant. Is that correct? Um, well, the, we operate the restaurant, but in the, in the Trout Air Tavern name, and we've taken a lot from in partnership with what they've done in the past where we have our own trout pond, and like you said, we can... So the concept, you've taken right. the concept of what the trout area is. very interesting because uh, I have a lot of people that I talk to in this area in Minnesota, they all remember and talk fondly of the, the trout air uh, when they had the restaurant here and the concert. So it's really cool because now at, at Running Aces, with the trout air restaurant, you can get live trout from our very own trout pond, which is located right outside our front door, correct? Right. So that's a cool little fact about running aces as well. So what about the future for running aces? Well, the future of running aces, I think, is, is bright. You know, we've, um, we've taken our Minnesota Night of Champions that we had as our feature race day. Uh, we've had that day since 2009. And we've, we've added and expanded for this year. We're having a great weekend of racing for Father's Day. We have the Summit Preferred Pace and Trot. Um, in July, we're going to have the... Dan Patch days, and we'll have Minnesota featured races on those days featuring our pacers and trotters that were Minnesota sired. And that's all in addition to the Night of Champions. So our goal is to make more key weekends to bring people Continue to, the track to and add more signature type events onto our schedule every year, year right. after year. Right. And of course, we're always doing different little promotions and things, and, and, and they're always adding those things on as well. So all those different little things, I think what helps uh, draw people into our track and is one of the reasons we get those bigger crowds. 
So the future looks bright for us here at Running Aces, and we're continuing to expand in the simulcasting market as well, correct? Yep. This year we have a, an extra 100 sites that we, we didn't have last year. So we're And some new wagers. Yeah, we have great wagers this year. We have the uh, 50 cent jackpot pick six, which still has not hit. Has not been hit yet, so we're point, just so about $10,000 jackpot right now, but our high five has really had some traction already. We've had a couple of huge payouts. Uh, once uh, several people hit it for over $6,000 for a 50 cent payoff, and then tonight we had a single winner for almost ten grand for a 50 cent wager. So we've been getting a lot of of positive response and uh, huge uh, wagers coming in on the high fives. So a lot of great things going on here at Running Aces. Ben, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And, again, uh, folks, we're going to be doing these segments on the Post Time with Mike and Mike show every week. We're going to be uh, bringing you uh, updates on what's going on out here in Minnesota, highlights of the racing action, and preview of what's to come. But uh, thank you, Ben, once again. Thank you. Coming up this weekend at Running Aces, it's the big Summit Father's Day weekend. On Saturday, we see the $15,000 Minnesota Sired Pacers split into two divisions, A and B groups, with B group headed up by Freedom Reigns with Tim Mayer coming in with two back-to-back wins, just taking a 155 mark last out. Top challenges will include U.S. General W.A. Mann and Buzz Light. In the A group, it's Cruz and Coco, the early favorite against top rivals Swagasaurus Rex and Dag in my stockings. Saturday's Summit feature trot will see morning line favorite Where's the Clicker square off against seven rivals in a wide-open event. And the Saturday Summit featured pace will be headed up by Cheryl Surprise. She's looking for her sixth win of the year. And Place at the Beach, who's looking for her seventh score of the season. On Sunday, the $11,000 Summit features the open handicap trot. Banker Volo defending his position as top trotter against Flame On, who's 7 for 10 in 2016, plus four other worthy challengers. In the $11,000 open handicap pace, Jasmanian Devil will face five very talented rivals in search of his third straight win in the top class. Also on Sunday, the $7,500 Minnesota Sired Events three-year-old Philly Trot We'll have whatever she's got with Jerry Longo, looking to pick up her second win against Bombshell Betty and five more. And in the three-year-old gelding trot, the winning dollar with Nick Rowland is a perfect two-for-two so far in 2016. He's looking to extend that record on Sunday. It's our big Summit Father's Day weekend. Summit beer specials and giveaways all weekend long. Sunday, of course, is family day as well. And Father's Day... Post time on both Saturday and Sunday, 6 p.m., and racing at post time on Tuesday night is 7 o'clock. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. And uh, special thanks to Darren Gagne with that interview with uh, Ben Blum, the head of racing uh, there at uh, Running Aces Casino 
racetrack, and we're going to basically hear from them every week. It's going to be a, a continuing series, and we'll find out what's going on in the world of Minnesota harness racing on a weekly basis. But right now, we're going to uh, join Mark Mullen, or Mark Mullen's joining the show, rather, and uh, there's a big, big event coming up at Fairwinds Farm uh, on June 26th. Mark, welcome to the program, my friend. Hey, Mike. And Mike, thanks for having me. No problem, and uh, we've got a big uh, a big thing coming up at Fairwinds Farm. But before we do that, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your background in the business. And, uh, of course, you've uh, owned with your family uh, a Hambletonian winner, which certainly had to be a tremendous thrill. Take us through that, Mark. We've been uh, – my family has a breeding, a standard bird breeding farm here in New Jersey. We've been uh, at it since 1968. Um, so we, we've uh, – been breeding mares here for for quite a while and years ago we used to stand stallions at well uh, as well and that horse Broadbond, we bred him uh, we sold him as a yearling and uh we, that was a that was a really exciting day to win the hambletonian for us yeah it certainly had to be when that horse crossed the finish line first uh, uh an unbelievable thrill and you know a lot of people a lot of horsemen and horsewomen um you know that that are in this business it's it's not uh, every day that you get a hambletonian winner tell us about your feelings when that horse crossed the finish line first it, it was just a, a huge excitement we don't have a, a whole lot of brood mares maybe about uh 35 or so and uh you know, when one goes out and performs like that, especially a, a race with such great uh, recognition and prestige, it's just uh, it, it's all that you can hope for in the business. Now, tell us a little bit about the big event coming up. It's uh, on June 26th. It's a Sunday at Fairwind Farms. Yep, from 1 to 4 p.m. It's something we've been doing. This will be the third year now. And, um, you know, we just wanted to uh, let people come out to the farm, see what we're doing, uh, learn a little bit about standard breads. And um, it's been really uh, well-received. People have had, uh, they've just been so nice and so complimentary when they come and visit the farm and everybody has a nice time. And um, we have, uh, you know, the mares in the falls and then we have demonstrations on how to uh, harness and, and, uh, uh, equip a, a standard bread for raising. And then we also have demonstrations on what you can do with a standard bread when they're done racing. The uh, Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization is there, and uh, and they're d- uh, doing demonstrations on all the disciplines that the standard breads can do after they're done racing. And um, the, the, the participants and the visitors have just they've had a great time, and, and they've been uh, so complimentary, and we're, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I definitely urge each and every one of you that are listening to this program to try to make some time out Sunday to go because I don't think a lot of the regular fans really realize what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, the shoeing of the horse. Uh, uh, I, on the flyer, there's a tour of the uh, the Hogan Equine Clinic. That's something that uh, a lot of people, I think, don't realize. You know, they see the horses go on the racetrack and they go the mile and, uh, you know, they bet a couple bucks on the horses. But I don't really think people realize exactly what happens in all all that goes into behind the scenes of uh, getting these harness horses ready. And this could be an opportunity for people to, to realize plus some fun too. And you know, the best thing about it, Mark, is it's free. It is free. Uh, Dr. Dr. Hogan's tours have been just wildly popular and uh, people uh, really enjoyed her, her uh, tour of her facility there. We do have the 
horse-drawn uh, wagon ride, and uh, we have some picnic food and so forth there as well, and the blacksmith demonstration. And, uh, you know, people get to uh, be up close uh, to the horses. Uh, at the, you know, so often at the racetracks, the, the horses are back in the paddock or they're under blankets, and, and the average fan just can't, can't, get, can't get close. And, and um, at the farm where we have, you have the opportunity to come out, the, the the mares with the newborn babies by their side, and um, people just really enjoy it, and um, um, we're just really looking forward to it. All right, Mark. Well, listen, we really appreciate you joining the program, and uh, real quick, you guys are located in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Um, for anybody that uh, may want more information, how could they uh, how can they go about doing so? I think uh, probably the easiest thing to do would be to uh, get on get on Facebook, and um, you can search for the uh, open house at Fairwinds Farm, and um, there's a page there that uh, some of the folks have uh, put together, and, and that's probably the uh, easiest way to do it. And uh, I think there's information on our website as well, and uh, folks can uh, put that into their search engine and uh, and check that out. It's fwfnj.com. Perfect. Well, Mark, listen, we really appreciate you joining us, my friend. And uh, listen, I would be out there with bells on. Uh, I've got the responsibilities got to be calling at Harris, Philadelphia on Sunday. But nonetheless, I urge each and every one of you to check this out. It's a great opportunity to get up close and personal with the horses and uh, kind of see what goes on in the backstretch and uh, behind the scenes. Mark, I, I really appreciate you joining us, my friend. All right, guys. Thanks very much. All right. That was Mark Mullen. And by the way, uh, for more information, uh, you can email Ellen Harvey, by the way, uh, at U.S. Uh, Trotting. She'll be there helping out. It's uh, Ellen.Harvey, E-L-L-E-N dot H-A-R-V-E-Y, com. Uh, email her. She'll uh, be glad to help with more information uh, if you don't have access to Facebook. Or you can even give her a call at uh, area code 732-780-3700, is the number. Mike Carter, you back with us? Oh, yeah, you already know it. All right. Well, uh, listen, we've got uh, our good friend uh, coming on the program right now. His name is Tim Tietrich, uh, and uh, the guy is uh, – He's been driving so, so well as of late. Now, first thing, Tim, I still see that you have the 708 number. You still got that Illinois telephone, don't you? Oh, yeah, Illinois. I'll never get that all out of my blood, so I never even changed my original number. <laughs> you know, you know. listen, Tim, when I uh, I was living in Michigan, moved out to California, and uh, came through uh, back uh, to Maryland when I moved back out here, working in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I had a Michigan driver's license, California plates, live in Maryland, work in Pennsylvania. So uh, you know when I and, and 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 on the way out here, I got pulled over in Illinois, okay, by an officer who uh, was uh, a harness racing fan. So you know. Oh, listen. cool. That, so you got out of that ticket anyway. Well, I don't, I don't want to say I got out of that ticket, but uh, no, I mean, I, I was actually, I was in the cop car with him a half hour, and we were talking about Balmoral Park and in Maywood. Wow, and you made it to the cop and, car! Uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not, to the front story. of it, not Tim, story. to the front of it, not the back of it. I was sitting in the front of it, not the back of it, all right? Uh-huh, your story, your story. Yeah, and I was going two miles an hour over the speed limit. Those are your people in <laughs> Illinois, your people, all right? So, uh, that's that's uh, why they call them ill-breds, ill-breds. 
<laughs> Tim Tietrich joins the program. Tim, did you get the mud out of your hey, eyes yet? One other, one other thing there. One other yeah. thing. Don't I always drive good? It's just not lately. Well, no, but you've been on fire lately, and I'm trying to, you know, but no, you've honestly, you've been on fire lately, and that was the first question I was going to ask you before we get into the North America Cup, and uh, who in the heck did I ask? We had somebody on the program a couple of weeks ago, and I can't, it was a driver, and uh, I, I, yeah, you know, like if you, on sports teams, okay, you see baseball hitters, they go through slumps, and they go through hot streaks, and the greats, I mean, the, the, the very best in the business. And see it in football where quarterbacks go through slumps and go through hot streaks. Do, do you think drivers go through slumps and go through hot streaks? Or, oh, no. no doubt. You know, because we do. No, absolutely. Because we're only as good as the horse that we get handed in front of us to work with. You know, we got to do the best we can for that minute, you know, 56, 55 seconds or 147 now. But, you know, it's a tough game and it's uh, there's a lot of helmets out there right now. And you've got to try to keep up with the Joneses and, you know, keep the best horses that, in between the shafts that you can get and do the best what you can do to work with. So no, no, you know, no, no, no question about it. And, you know, we had Brett Miller on this program about three weeks ago and he brought something up that I never really even thought of, um, you know, because we asked him about the day night thing now and drivers back in the day never really had to go through that because there were 10 races a day and that was it. But now you've got the day night thing and you've got drivers hustling from Harris, Philadelphia to the Meadowlands, Harris, Philadelphia, Pocono, Harris, Philadelphia, Yonkers. Uh, good grief. Brett Miller was driving at Harris, Philadelphia. Then I, I get home and I crack open a cold one and I see him over at the, in uh, Flamborough for the Confederation Cup. But he brought up a great point that you have to do that to keep your drives, to keep, uh, you know, to keep your clients, to keep your trainers. Uh, that's true, isn't it? And keep, and keep them happy. Yeah, you got to keep people happy. And not everybody's going to like to hear a word no, but sometimes you have to do it because most drivers, we have families and I've had to change my outlook on it over the last three, four years. And, you know, I try to follow – I try to make Chester my number one place in the Meadowlands, and I go where I can follow the money at. But, you know, like perfect example, a couple of weeks ago, market share was in an overnight at uh, Pocono on a Sunday night, which is my only night off to hang out with the family. You know, I, I turned it down. I just – I mean, how much can you do? You know, you have to I... say yes and say no to some. But market share made me $3.7 million. He's got a place in my heart forever. But you still have to tell some people no just to keep your mind on, on the right way. Well, certainly. I mean, and you need, you guys need days off. And that's one of the things, you know, we had Tony Morgan on the show a couple of months ago and, and, uh, you know, we, we asked him, you know, what are some of the things that you like to do away from racing? And, and Tony's basically says, well, I don't have any time away from racing. It's racing, racing, uh, racing, Tony's racing. Tony's not a good racing. one to ask because Tony is so set on racing. He <laughs> loves racing morning, noon, and night. If there was a track, if he could get to Hong Kong to race, he would go and then get back here to race. <laughs> In the afternoon of chestnut. I mean, the guy is amazing. He is just amazing. All right. Well, listen, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Let's get down to business, um, get down to serious matters. Now, we saw that you had Macedonia in your home. Did he eat you out of house at home? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ryan's cool. He's uh, what, what a great job the kid does for our sport. He's out there promoting it. Um, he's taking tons of videos, putting it on social media. Ryan does a great job. 
No question about it. Uh, and uh, Ryan, by the way, has the Trotcast. Uh, great interviews. Had a good interview with the owner of Melmera last, uh, I think, a couple of days ago, Robert Cooper. But you've got some big drives coming up uh, at uh, Mohawk coming up on Saturday, the Pepsi North America Cup, a big, huge event. And uh, top down, uh, just a great, great card all the way down we had garnet barnsdale on the program we had the track announcer ken middleton uh, talking about this great race card uh tim as a driver uh do you get up for races like this or after so many races is it just basically like the next race well you have to, the big night to what we look forward to as catch drivers you know it's a, a chance you go in and every chance you win get to win a big race it's a big payday not only that, but you get to drive great horses and you get to be in the limelight of our business. The big nights, Mohawks put on a great card. So team drivers that win a race on that night, it's going to be in the limelight because everybody's going to be paying attention to that card. So it's a pretty cool event and the money's great. Now, Tim, we're going to talk about a bunch of drives, but let's skip ahead to the Pepsi North America Cup. Boston Red Rocks is has been just a joy to watch. He won his elimination last week in 150 and three coming home in 27 and three. Describe what it is like to drive uh, Boston Red Rocks. He likes to come from off the pace and he comes from way out of it. And he just, he looks so strong when doing it. Uh, talk to us a little bit about him. Well, you know, like you say, he looks strong, but when you set behind him, he's like, well, you don't really grab the bits, but you tell him to do something, you know, two steps later, he's like, Oh, now you want me to do it. So he's, He's kind of always behind the eight ball where he doesn't get up on the bits and make you feel like as a catch driver, like, man, I got right now speed. If I need to use it, it's there. But when you watch him over the whole race, he's like, man, he's always in a good spot. He allows the driver to put him in a good spot. And he, and at the end of the day, he's a really good horse. And is he the most flashy, the some beach, uh, somewhere kind of horse? No, but he, I tell you what, he finds a way to get to the wire and he finds always to be at the wire at the right time. All right, visiting with Tim Tietrich, driver extraordinaire and uh, driver of a bunch of different places. Tim, let's go through some of these drives that you have, and we'll start with Venus Delight. Just an absolute great drive in the Betsy Ross uh, back on the 29th, weaving through traffic, able to get up and uh, get past Katie Said, it was first over there. Uh, last start in the Roses are red. Uh, she finished fifth. Here she's an affiliate mare preferred. What are your thoughts uh, on her uh, coming up uh, on Saturday? Well, her kind of trip is what she got at Chester that day in the uh, that race there. So she's kind of a hard mare to drive, and sometimes you're going to look like a genius, which I did at Chester. And the other day, she's not a first-up kind of horse. and uh, But when she gets that perfect trip for her, she goes with the best of them. You know, she's kind of really lazy and doesn't always try real hard. But when she's snowed in, you know, she can make up that ground. She's not really a horse that likes second over, third over, which – you would think she would, but she likes that snowed in. But when she gets a little steam, she can fly. Now, Tim, in the good times, you're driving bar hopping for trainer Jimmy Tactor as John Campbell uh, led off to Tony Sopreto, a horse he's driven uh, numerous times, including the Breeders' Crown last year. Talk to us a little bit about bar hopping. Have you have you ever driven this horse before? I've never driven him, but I've seen him on a, a, a few good heats. You know, and I know John's staying loyal to Bob, so. You know, I was next in line. I loved it. I was happy to see my name listed there. So, you know, the horse shows talent. I, I know in the Jersey, New Jersey Sire Stakes, he uh, set parked a long way, and he still gave a good run at the end. So, you know, if I can just do my job and put that horse in a decent place, I think he's got a great shot. 
Fan Hanover's race sign on the program, Tim. It's uh, for three-year-old Philly Paces, and uh, you're driving a horse that obviously you're very familiar with, Newborn Sassy, uh, for uh, trainer Joanne Looney King. She's won eight of 15, looking for her first win of the year. Uh, your thoughts on uh, her chances in the Fan Hanover? I like her. Uh, you know, she, she entered last year really good, and every race this year she could have won. Just bad things have happened to her. She's been kind of unlucky, but – you know, uh, my good friend back in Chicago owns that mare, so definitely going to be trying hard on that one. And, uh, you know, I, I think she's got a great shot. She drew really well. Last week she was 11 off at the quarter and got beat a link. So, you know, and she didn't scope the perf- the best. So I, I think she's going to open some eyes this week. Now, Tim, Mick Wicked is the horse that you're driving in the Mohawk Gold Cup, which is race 10. And Mick Wicked kind of had an off season last year, went 0 for 10 in the win column uh, with a mark of 52 and 2. And then last week against Always Be Mickey and Mel Mera was 147 and 2 off a 26 second final quarter. How good is Mick Wicked this year? He's a good horse. You know, he's just getting overshadowed by some of the great free throws we have in our business right now. It's just amazing. Um, he paced his first quarter in 26 and his last quarter in 26 and a 47 mile and got beat five lanes. You know, it's just crazy how fast these free throws can go right now. And, you know, he definitely looks good in that race and hopefully uh, we can get the job done. All right. The uh, Roses Red is next and uh, you're driving uh, one of my favorite horses. I mean, and it has to be one of your favorite horses too. Androvet. She's made three and a half million. She's got got 45 wins and, uh, you know, she just keeps ticking, and she was able to uh, pick up the win in the elimination last time. Your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on the uh, veteran mare pacer? I mean, like you said, she's she amazes. She gives me chills every time I drive her. And you know, I, this is going to sound really bad, but I've tried to kill her on the racetrack and like made her work really, really hard. And all she does is breaks everybody else's heart. You know, she is one tough sob, and man, she's a lot of fun to drive. And, She's been there a lot of years, and, I mean, she's nine years old and just went at 49 again. So, I mean, she's just one amazing mare. And she does love Canada. Every time we go to Mohawk every year, she, like, grows two-year-old legs, and she's a new horse up there. Now, Tim, now that I've gotten my shovel back from uh, Mike Bozich because he had to dig himself out of the uh, best drivers thing, uh, who do you (laughs) – Who is your, out of all the horses you're driving, um, whether it be stakes horses or overnight horses, um, give us one that you are very confident about, whether it be Andrevet, whether it be Boston Red Rocks, or maybe it's an overnight horse that maybe we're overlooking. Well, those horses that I like are the ones that are there year after year. Maybe not so much in the elimination, but uh, when, when the money's on the line, they just show up. They find ways to win. You know, you can't drive them bad enough, and the, they're always on the wire for you, you know, like Andrew Vett, you know, uh, Buckeye St. Pat back in the day. You know, I've gotten to drive some really, really great horses. and They just find ways to win. They can be sick or they bled the week before, come back the next week, and they're just – it's like they uh, they turn the page and they forget about everything. Them are the ones I like. Now, Tim, i got to tell you, I remember Buckeye St. Pat. I know you don't remember – or may not remember these days, but Colonial Downs, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, those were the, uh, that's where I got my start, you know, in the business. And so I remember Buckeye St. Pat from uh, racing in the Patriot Trot out there, uh, one of the fastest tracks. Uh, Mike, what do you got? 
Well, I was going to say very short stretch there, Colonial, very short stretch. Um, <laughs> which, which turn were you talking about? The only one, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't even, was there a turn? <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, getting, getting away from that uh, Pepsi North America card, uh, Maestro Blue Chip, just been uh, a tremendous, tremendous horse. Uh, give us your thoughts on uh, Maestro Blue Chip and driving him over the you past know, uh, couple of months. It's a great story. You know, the horses come along, and, you know, when Jimmy and Joanne got him, he was kind of a non a two, three horse. He did race in the Sire Stakes, and it just shows you a year later, and the horse is bigger, stronger, and they added Lasix, and, uh, you know, he's been perfect. You know, he's gotten beat uh, one time, you know, and that was in race at Chester when he drew the eight hole and against some really, really tough free-for-all trotters, and, you know, he held his own. He finished third, and, you know, he, he was one of the – only five, I think five of them in that race made breaks. So, you know, it's uh, he's a nice horse, and he, he he's one to be reckoned with for sure. Tim Tietrich joining us on the program. Tim, it's always a pleasure, buddy. We really appreciate you taking time out of, uh, you know, this is one of your rare nights off, and, and we certainly appreciate you taking time joining us. And uh, best of luck come Saturday. And uh, listen, you're always the best, buddy. You're always the best. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and you just see me next week on the show, right, Mike? Well, no, yeah. no, no. Only if you win six on the Pepsi North America. You win six, you can come on the show. If you're under six, then you got to go on Macedonia's. Uh, so it's over <laughs> and under, huh? we got to do over and under. So i got to shoot for seven. <laughs> you got to shoot for seven. <laughs> Listen, we love you, buddy. Best of luck to you Saturday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on the phone, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, that was uh, Tim Tietrich. Uh, he, he was in a pretty good mood tonight, Timmy, our good friend. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, I was a little worried because, man, it was sloppy out there at Harris Philly. And, uh, you know, listen, after about the third or fourth race, Mike, I couldn't even uh, – I'll be honest with you, I called a couple of wrong ones today. Not winners. I mean, not winners. But, I mean, in the middle parts of the mile, they were so mud-filled and the saddle pads were so mud-filled that I couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, well, the, you know what? That, that's why you got to color. You you got to color like you know. You got to color like some of us do. You know. <laughs> Listen, when you can't see him, you're not gonna. It doesn't matter. But uh, no, I thanks uh, Tim for joining us. And uh, well, I'll tell you what. What a great card that is coming up on Saturday. And I know we've we've kind of dissected it all to heck. And uh, but one thing is interesting. Hanalore Hanover uh, jumped out to both Garnet Barnsdale and Ken Middleton. So if you're looking for some kind of wheel. In those multi-race sequences, uh, whether it be pick threes, pick fours, or whatever, that could be your horse because uh, that jumped out to both of them guys, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Hitler over looks like a uh, an absolute monster on paper, so it'll be a lot of fun to uh, to see how good um, that horse races. Well, Mike, coming up next, we've got the Maryland Minute. We're a little bit behind on our program, but that's all right. We're going to play some catch-up here. Maryland Minute is coming up next, and then we're going to hear from Anthony McDonald of the Stable.ca. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by America. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Join us for a hands-on harness racing camp on Thursday, June 30th at Rosecroft Raceway. Age 11 years old and up. Nobody's too old. 
Once again, it's at Rosecroft Raceway. There will be lots of hands-on opportunities with horses, plus the chance to drive a racehorse and more fun. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation's mission is to provide young people and their families with information and experiences with harness horses in order to foster the next generation of fans and participants. Scholarships to the camp are available. Contact Global Leaf Standard Bread Owners Association for more information at area code 301-567-9636 or email them at admin at cloverleafsoa.org. That's admin at cloverleafsoa.org. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're talking harness racing again. Uh, as always, Mike, I guess I'm kind of confusing my words there, but we're talking about the North America Cup. We've talked to Tim Tietrick about who he likes. Ken Middleton and Garnett Barnsdale were on earlier, as well as Mark Mullen and Darren Gagne. And uh, Mike, we're going to talk the stable now, the stable.ca. Anthony McDonald is joining the program. Yeah, he sure hey, is. Anthony, guys. welcome to the program, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. Well, listen, there's a lot going on at the stable. I mean, a lot. I don't know how you're keeping <laughs> up with all this. You've got all these two-year-olds. You've got the big fantasy uh, situation coming up. First of all, before we talk about the two-year-olds, and we'll get into them because I know you're excited about it and, and all the owners are excited about it, but let's talk about the the uh, the fantasy uh, stable because that is coming up pretty quick and the deadline to enter is coming up pretty quick as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, June 25th, the deadline. 
you know, we've made it as easy as we can. I mean, um, the whole point of putting the fantasy stable on was, was, you know, obviously to bring awareness to the stable and what it does, but two, um, was to try and bust through the the walls that, that our industry clearly has about connecting with the general public. And that's what we've done and what we've tried to do from the start here at the stable. I mean, we have, uh, 70, well, as of 20 minutes ago, 76 owners now in the stable. And, uh, of those 76 owners, I would say, 50 plus have never have never owned a racehorse before so um it's really really important for us to uh to um connect with the general public i mean we, the way our program's set up and i mean all our shares are gone now and we obviously i wanted to touch on the secondary market that we opened up the other day too but um you know it, it's important that uh, it's affordable for people to get involved and it is the way we've done it if you have any interest in horses at all you at least have your curiosity piqued by what we're doing at the stable, and I think it's it's shown uh, very well this this year for sure. Now, Anthony, talk to us a little bit about the market. I went on, and I'm, I'm kind of not necessarily confused. That's not really what, oh, um, <laughs> what I'm going to say. But, like, for instance, it says, I'm going to use Oh Hello Blue Chip as an example. It says 10% is available yep. for sale at 400 Canadian per share. Talk to us a little bit about what that means. Does that mean that there's 10 available? So every every horse has 100 shares, obviously. We break it down into shares of 1%. So 1% is one share. Um, now, people have bought these shares or percentages in horses throughout the year, and then what we've done is given them an opportunity to sell their shares privately. So we had a trotting colt qualify fantastic uh, 10 days ago. His name was Rose Run Speedster. He qualified in 2-2, came his last quarter in 27 seconds flat, and we were inundated with calls and emails about buying uh, shares in this horse. So um, one of the first gentlemen that ever bought a share in the stable, his name's Gary Law. He bought five percent of Rose Run Speedster, I believe, at twenty-two thousand uh, dollars overall. So that would be two hundred twenty dollars a share, is what it ended up being. So he bought five shares at two hundred twenty dollars plus taxes. He uh, sold his five percent within about forty-five minutes of the shares being on the internet. He sold them at thirteen hundred each, which priced the horse right around one hundred and thirty thousand. So uh, Gary Law had a pretty good payday for uh, for his shares in Rose Run Speedster, and that's the other thing that we're trying to do is is by not locking people in, by being able, by letting people get in and get out as they please as they please on their timeline. We're giving them uh, the availability to do exactly what we just did, and that was. Um, that was turn a profit on on, uh, on the shares and have a return on their investment. Visiting with Anthony McDonald uh, of the stable.ca. Now, Anthony, lots of two-year-olds. Uh, you guys have been very, very busy. We've watched the website. We've seen the drones in action. Uh, we've seen all the social media interaction with yourself and the owners. Uh, talk to us about some of these two-year-olds and uh, how busy of a schedule it's been for you the past uh, month or so. Well, it's been crazy all year. I mean, we've been going wide open. I mean, if you watch the site and you watch the videos, you see how busy training days are at the stable. And and um, we uh, we were very fortunate. We have a really, really good crop of Colts. You know, we have an Ohio filly. We qualified in 2-2. She come her last quarter in 26 seconds. She's going to make her, her uh, career debut next week, either at Mohawk or Grand River Raceway. Um, the reason I was leaning towards Grand River is her first stake race is coming up at Northfield Park on July 3rd. I, you know, talk about being busy. My wife and I sat down. I looked at my calendar. Between July 3rd and August 28th, I have three days off of not racing, and those are stakes races all over North America. So I don't know whether I'm going to send some of the New York Reds to New York, or I, I can't imagine I can take them all over the place myself. So 
that's probably what's going to going to have to happen. Anthony, I got to tell you, you can't miss. No, listen, <laughs> you, you can't miss the field. Now, that's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, I'm not an advocate or anything. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. But if you do make I it out of Northfield once, I raced really? there one time. I raced in the the uh, what is it, Battle Lake area? Is that what it's called, Northfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I raced a horse called uh, Fire on the Water. I raced in there the year nice. foiled. I think foiled again win it, and uh, I think he was fourth or fifth. He raced really well. And that was my only experience at Northfield. But it's a nice track. The atmosphere is great. You know, I really love Ohio, to be honest. I, I, I was talking to Joe McLeod of Sugar Valley Farms the other day. Um, and that, the other thing was I was going to try and come down a couple of days early into Ohio and meet with some of the breeders. You know, when we look at the jurisdictions, uh, you know, uh, virtually you needed a, a deep pockets and a gun to buy a horse in Ontario last year. And, and to buy in Pennsylvania and New York's difficult too. Ohio seems to be a place, yeah, the, the prices aren't cheap, but they're fair. And I think it's going to be a jurisdiction that we do a lot of business in next year in, in Ohio. And, and uh, you know, if you're a breeder or, or an owner or an investor in Ohio, um, we're, we're going to be buying a lot of horses, I think, and getting a lot of horses out of Ohio next year and training them down. So um, I, I'm really excited to go down there on the 3rd. I'm really I'm really excited to go down there and meet with these people and, and um, you know, show, show people, um, you know, what we can do and what we've done. And, and I think – we got a, another big project we're working on right now. Where we're sending out an investment, an investment booklet to people to show um, exactly what what potential returns there were on horses in our stable, what returns were were made on horses in our stable, and what the future might hold for people that want to invest in the stable. So, um, we got a lot of stuff on the go right now, and I, I didn't even get a chance to talk about the fantasy stable, but um, you know it's pretty self-explanatory. This, this, the fantasy stable is easy. You pick four horses out of the 20 that we have racing all over North America this year in 2016 between the date of June 25th and ending and culminating at the Meadowlands on Breeders Crown Night. If your four horses make more money, your four four horses in your fantasy stable make more money than anybody else's, you win $6,000. No strings attached. I'll cut you a check. Be on your merry way and do whatever you want with it. And uh, 3000 for second and 1000 for third. And I had to do my best to talk uh, wood buying the Meadowlands Blue Chip Farms and uh, and Diamond Creek into putting the money up, and they were good about it. They understand what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. And I, you know, I said I had to talk them into it. I didn't really have to talk them into it. They've been on board since day one. And and um, you know, I think it's it's a good way. You know, it's simple. It takes three minutes of your time, and you got a chance to win six thousand dollars. And it doesn't get any more simple than that. Big, big thing. Anthony McDonald of the Stable.ca. Anthony, you know, one of the big things I think, uh, and this is why. Um, your fractional ownership uh, deal is really uh, outweighing the others, in my opinion, is transparency. And the fact that owners can basically watch their horses train, uh, they have uh, access to whatever they need to have access to. Um, and I think that's a big part of the stable.ca that, and I don't want to put down any other fractional ownerships, but I mean, a big part of the stable.ca, I think that's appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, I had a couple of people a couple of days apart from Maryland call me, and, and the one gentleman said, uh, he said, uh, I know more about your horses than I do my own. He said, I have, uh, you know, I know, he said, no disrespect. I have a lot of respect for the trainer that I have and a lot of respect for the operation that he runs, and, and I really like having horses with him, but, you know, you just can't get them on the phone or they, they're too busy to talk. I mean, I'm really busy. I, I answer emails sometimes, and, you know, and, and Mike, you might, you might see some of your own in your own inbox at like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And for me, I want to make sure that people are informed when they, when they, when they take their hard earned money 
and they you know they invest it in in ours. I can't guarantee you that you're going to have a world champion. All I can guarantee you is hard work and professionalism. You're not going to need any information because it's all going to be out there for you. And it's just something you need to know. If you pick up the phone, you'll either get me on the phone or you'll get a response quickly. You send me an email and you'll get a response quickly also. And I make sure that that uh, you know that that's the way it's done. And we're trying to build something bigger at the stable than just that. We're we're actually we have a huge announcement coming out in a in a, a few weeks. We have three or four other trainers all across North America that we're gonna we're gonna put under the umbrella of the stable.ca and these are very, very professional stables, stables that, that I handpicked and, and talked to and um people that are, are gonna people that, that um you know have the same way of operating that, that, that we want in the stable and, and the reason we're doing that is because people are gonna realize really quickly how how good fractional ownership, when done properly, is for this industry and how many people it can bring in. And the last thing we want is somebody that's not experienced enough or not ready to open a stable like this, open one, and then people end up getting miscommunication and, and you end up with a bad story. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to try and brand the stable.ca and make it bigger than just Anthony and Amy McDonald. We're going to turn it into four or five or six stables over the next year or two. And maybe who knows after that, it could be uh, much bigger than that. But I think that it's very important that we do that now uh, to make sure that people, once they're once they're interested and once they have the information out there and once they decide they're going to invest in fractional ownership and horse racing, we want to make sure that they come to us first. And, and um, I think that's important. We have to get people involved in harness racing, and there's a lot more ways to get people involved in harness racing than just from the gambling point of view. And that's why I'm really, really a big fan of the stable and, uh, you know, these kind of efforts because uh, ownership is something that's lost, I think. I think it, it gets lost in the fray when, you know, when you sit down at a marketing meeting or whatever and we're trying to figure out how to get more gambling dollars involved in the industry. I think the ownership factor is lost because what a lot of people don't realize is that clubhouses used to be full of owners and that is not the case anymore. And owners used to bring, what did owners do? They'd brought friends and they brought people and they brought family members. And, and, you know, a lot of those people were responsible for the million dollar handles at the racetracks, which, you know, you you really don't see anymore. Well, Anthony, listen, we really appreciate you joining us and uh, you have to make us a promise because I I know you saw it on the social media. We're uh, throwing around this idea about having a a harness racing round table, maybe once a month or once every couple of weeks on this program. And uh, we'd be honored if uh, you'd certainly be a part of that my friend because uh listen i think you've got some great ideas and uh ownership's a big part of it and we'd like to have you as a member of one of them round tables coming up well listen i'd, I'd really i really appreciate that i want to be a part of anything we do going forward and i think you guys got a great program and i think if anybody well even me from from when you first contacted me to what you have now is is exceptional i mean you guys have grown it in a in a, in a, in a real real big and in a good way you've grown it in a great way and, you know, I think people that want to do a lot for this industry should stick together and should form groups. And, um, you know, I, I don't I don't need to toot my own horn or pump my wheels. I mean, I just put my head down and work, and if it works out, it works out, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And, and I think if we have a lot of people that do the same, I think our industry would be a lot a lot further ahead, and I think it will in the future because of it. Anthony, real quick, before we let you go, one final time with this uh, fantasy draft, how could people uh, get in? And uh, where could people find out more information about it? Yeah, sorry. So if you go to the stable, uh, www.thestable.ca, 
on the main page on the top right hand corner you'll see fantasy stable there's a profile so you can go in and investigate every horse you want their breeding their videos commentary anything you want on those horses in there and right beside that and in there also is is a draft sheet you just go in you just drop down the four bars pick your horses and then on the bottom we also have a place where you can put a number in and the only way obviously we have a lot of people that have entered this and a lot of people will have the same four horses so what we've done is on the bottom of the page simply write down a number that you think the stable.ca will make in totality in that same time frame june 25th to august october 28th and uh if you're tied for first closest to that number wins the money so we just thought we'd make it as easy as we can much like at the stable we try to keep things simple and and there's nothing more simple than that it's probably the easiest way to win six thousand dollars outside of the lottery i suppose all right lots of fun go ahead mike real real quick i I want to tell you anthony you know entering this contest is so easy i was just able to do it in like three seconds how do you like that (laughs) well there you go like i said we we make it as easy as we can and and uh, it really is it really is that easy. I mean, we just want people that to uh obviously you know, anybody anybody knows what we're doing. We're trying to get people to follow the stable horses and follow the stable. But it's bigger than that. What we're trying to do is get some mainstream media traction and get some general people general public people to actually submit this. And I've had people that have called me. We had a guy uh call us from Stanford University and said, Um, I don't know how I get on your website he said, but this fantasy stable thing can be entered from anywhere? I said, yeah, absolutely. He goes, this is cool. He said, I've been watching your drone videos. He said, for the past 30 minutes with my buddies, we're going to enter your, your contest. I said, no, feel free. It's free to the world. So we got like six or seven people from Stanford University that put their fantasy stable picks in. So that's what it is. It's free to everybody in the world, and, and uh, it's, it's that way for a reason. We've got to get the word out there that this industry is – open for business, is approachable. And you know what? It's a great industry to be involved in. And I think you ask any of the new owners we have, they'll tell you the same thing. Amen. Anthony, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and uh, we'll be following you close, uh, certainly over the next couple of months. All right. Thanks again, guys. Have a great night. All right, buddy. Be good. Take care. Bye. Anthony McDonald of the stable.ca and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what the big thing about harness racing is now, Mike, and uh, we've seen it on Facebook and we've seen it on Twitter. Drones. Yeah, I hope like I didn't turn the mute button off. Yeah, drone, drone, <laughs> drones are definitely uh, are definitely the uh, pickup. Listen, we are, we understand if we don't mention free food, you're not going to respond. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> or show bets. you got to talk about no, or show, show bets. Show bets too, right, right, show bets. What, what, show bets? No, drones, uh, <laughs> honestly, and, 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 you know, we're kind of kidding about this, but we're not because, um, you know, we see in overseas productions, like when we uh, see the elite lop and even in thoroughbred racing, we see a lot of different kinds of camera views. And if we go to the stable.ca, uh, we will see drones and they follow and you can actually watch your horse train. I mean, it's an, it, it's revolutionary. It's unbelievable in this business. It's revolutionary. Um, and you see all these different camera angles and uh you know, this, uh, SO, uh, the Standard Bread Owners Association of New York, John Hernan, put a, a picture on Facebook, drones flying over uh, Yonkers, um, you know, getting those uh, different glimpses of uh, the horses racing. Um, and at Hawthorne, uh, when I was back there, a lot of the, if you remember that video that was shot at Hawthorne 
um, a lot of drones uh, – well, not a lot of drones, but one drone was flying around and getting those different camera angles and those camera views, and I think that's huge, Mike. If we could show racing in another perspective besides a pan shot, I think it has the ability to connect to a lot of different people because if you look at other sporting events, Mike, look at all the different camera shots and angles that you have, all in effort – of trying to get people more involved and more actively involved in the sport. And, uh, you know, I think it's time that harness racing uh, kind of take advantage of that, Mike. No, I completely agree. And, you know, uh, one, you know, like the one shot we have at Northfield, and we don't use it all the time, but um, we have somebody standing in the winter circle with a camera, and as they're coming at us on the stretch, every once in a while we'll use that view. So, so you know, it, it's a different view, and people like different things. And, you know, that's, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to see when, um, you know, when places try new things like Hawthorne and Yonkers. And even the Little Brown Jug last year uh, had a drone shot. Now, granted, it wasn't, like, super close, but, Mike, you know, I tell you, it was a lot of fun to just sit back and watch watch the action from a different view and you know if you watch NBC's telecast of the Belmont Stakes or the Derby or the Preakness and Grant we don't need all those camera angles I mean they've got on the ground they've got it going up the backstretch but who knows we can steal a couple from them and uh you know maybe it'll uh maybe it'll bring some new people in Budget, I think, plays a part of it. A lot of things have to fit in racetrack's budget. That's certainly understandable. Um, both of us as racetrack managers certainly know that. Uh, and another thing, too, is that you really have to keep in mind um, the I'm, uh, a lack of word, but I'm trying to uh, understand the point of view of the gamblers because basically, you know, if you've got a wager on the race, you want the basic view and the basic view is the pan view because you want to be able to watch your horse at all times and if you do overdo it with these funky camera angles and you get a tv guy that's a bit production happy or you know somebody that likes the it it could take away from the race so a lot of times you know simplicity is good you know um and basically the, the the pan shot is where it is um you know for racing and it's best probably to follow along for a gambler um but you know on replays for example or maybe on social media or maybe on internet you can start to see some of these different like i'll give you a good example running aces a sponsor of ours okay they have been doing this 360 thing i don't know if you've been able to check that out mike but the 360 thing is unbelievable and basically yeah, a little you bit can actually check yeah, and you could you're in the bike. I mean, you're right. for lack of a better term, you are in the bike and you could look around and you could see where the horses are. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm sitting in a chair with a rolled up newspaper <laughs> like I'm in the bike. And and right. that, but, no. but 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 honestly, that's how that's how good it is got it, it it could be. But I think that racing has to walk a fine line. You can get away with that in baseball, and you can get away with that, I think, in football and in and, and other sports. But when you have an intense two minutes where the gambler needs to know where his horse is, I think there is a fine line that you have to walk between technology and simplicity. So, right. Know. See, that is I, I completely agree. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe this is one of our, uh, you know, maybe this is one of our roundtable topics. We're gonna we're we're gonna briefly touch on this, Mike, and then uh, we we are actually 
very close to running out of blog talk time. I can't believe this. Where is this? Uh, where's the last, um, you know, hour and a half, two hours gone. But Mike, the, the round table discussions that we're going to have, we're going to bring on probably about four or five industry insiders. We're going to bring on a fan, a manager of some sort of racetrack somewhere, uh, maybe somebody from the USTA, an owner, a driver, something. And what we're going to do is we're just going to have a spirited – I don't want to call it a debate, Mike. It's more going to be a discussion, and we're going to talk positive. We're not going to bring any negative to the show whatsoever, and we're just going to sit around and talk about things that are going on in the sport, whether it be uh, jackpot wagers or things or marketing, things that we can do to help improve the sport. Because Anthony said it best, if we can all team up and work together, we're going to be in good shape. Yeah, this is something that we've thrown around on social media and have uh, really gotten a lot of good positive feedback. We've gotten a lot of emails. We've gotten a lot of instant messages, um, very positive uh, things. But I'll tell you one thing that you have to be careful of, and we are going to be very, very vigilant on this issue is in, in – you know, and it's understandable, Mike, because a lot of people are passionate about this industry, and a lot of people have ideas of where this industry should go and what this industry should do next. And if you don't agree with that point of view, then emotions kind of take over, and there could be a lot of back and forth. But back and forth is good. That is fine, and we're going to allow some of that back and forth on this roundtable idea that we that we have. But it's not going to turn into well, why why doesn't this track do this? And well, this uh, you know this entity only wants this, and this entity only wants that. No, it's going to be very positive discussion. It's going to be a, a positive exchange of ideas. And I will guarantee you, at the end of that debate, everybody's going to sit down and shake hands and, and uh, you know, I mean, because, you know, this is something we need. And the exchange of ideas is what we need. And that's basically what it is. So uh, roundtable, uh, respond to us on social media. Tell us what you think uh, about the roundtable idea, getting three or four people together. We'll just simply be moderators, Mike. We're actually going to have the easy job. We're going to throw at the people and let people uh, voice their ideas and uh, we're going to try to play policeman. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, it has been a spirited uh, couple of hours, and I'll tell you what, I've had a lot of fun. I don't know where this time has gone, but we want to thank everybody who came on the program, Ken Middleton, Garnett Barnsdale, Tim Petrick. How about that interview? That was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked to Darren Gagne and Mark Mullen as well, and we talked to Anthony McDonald of the Stable.ca, and make sure you get in on the Fantasy Stable. Well, Mike, we uh, – we're coming up to the end here, but you can bet all of this action Mohawk with Bet America. And real quick, I want to I want to bring this up because uh, we actually got an email uh, from Bet America uh, a little bit ago, and they were telling us about one of these uh, one of these promotions they got going on. Mike, they got I, I got to tell you, they do a lot of great things uh, promotional wise, contest wise. But coming up on Saturday, they've got a two thousand dollar handicapping contest featuring Mohawk. It's on races three through 12. So it starts with the first big stakes race and ends with the Pepsi North American cup. And it's limited to 20 entries. There's a $109 entry fee, but there's $1,250 to the winner and it pays down to third place. Mike, I, I got to give them all ton of credit with these handicapping contests. They do a fantabulous job. As a matter of fact, I had a, a racing fan come up to me today at Harris, Philadelphia, that uh, complimented Bet America on their handicapping contests and what they do. So, absolutely get in, no question about it. Um, you know, handicapping contests. We talked to uh, Stanley Coper about uh, two or three weeks ago, and there's a little bit of a strategy that you have to go through. It's not 
just getting in there and wagering on what you think the best horse is. You have to, there's a little bit of a strategy uh, differently that you have to implore when you're uh, doing a handicapping contest. So get in. They're lots of fun, and they can be very, very lucrative. And uh, Bet America runs a lot of them. So this is an opportunity. The, the uh, North, Pepsi North America Cup's a great, great card. So uh, get in and uh, listen. You could be uh, a lot richer by the time that Bet America contest ends, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Well, real quick, uh, one more thing, Mike, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Santa Anita just tweeted out they had a one pick six winner today. It paid two hundred seventy seven thousand dollars. One ticket paying two hundred seventy seven thousand. So congratulations to whoever uh, to whoever is collecting that chunk of change. Well, for Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. Oh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's up? Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, one yeah. second here. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't have to roll it. <laughs> exactly. That's how that's going to end because the yeah. breaking news was it wasn't me. Oh, gosh. You know, now, you close, see, you make go, go ahead and close the, close the show. You listen. You hold on real quick. You get me all excited to hit the breaking. You know, I love the breaking news button. And well, you know what? That that's okay. You know, because I didn't have it. You know what? I had my show bet. Don't tell anybody, but I had a show. Hey, let bet. me tell you. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you something right now. If I hit that pick six, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. <laughs> I don't. It's completely. All right. For Mike Bozich, <laughs> I'm Mike Carter. We go back to our regular scheduled post time next week of seven o'clock. Thanks so much for joining us. You've had post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America.